Scaling Nation, I get people asking me all the time, how do I read so much as busy as I am? And the secret is, a lot of my reading people do for me. That's right, I use Audible. Audible is a service that will read books to you and allow you to get the content while you're driving from account to account. I've been using Audible for years and you can try it for free, one book and one month for free on me through our affiliate link, scalinguph2o.com forward slash Audible. Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. I'm your host, Trace Blackmore. I am so incredibly humbled every time you all tune in to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Thank you for that. Thank you for all of the show ideas, all of the guests that you have me to invite. By the way, if you have one of those show ideas or somebody that you want me to invite, please go to scalinguph2o.com and go over to our show ideas page and let me know what that information is. Now, if you have a question for me, you can go to the right side of the webpage and you will see a little pop-up there that says leave voicemail. You can click on that and leave your own voice as a recording on your favorite device. I love answering questions that way. So please feel free to go to scalinguph2o.com. Nation, since I started this podcast well over four years ago, I am just amazed of the number of listeners that we have. Now, truth be known, over 90% of that is in the United States, but we are gaining so many members of the Scaling Up Nation in other parts of the world. I think we're in 90 countries. It is just incredible. We have so many people that are joining the Scaling Up Nation, and I think that goes to say it doesn't matter where you live. If you're in the field of industrial water treatment, you just get it. And you know that this is a job where you need a community. And that community is the Scaling Up Nation. So wherever you are listening to this podcast, know that you are part of the Scaling Up Nation community. And with that, we're all learning more together. We're all treating each other better together. And we're making sure that we're solving problems and making our industry better. Thank you so much for that. One of the ways that we are trying to make you and our industry a little bit better each and every week is with James McDonald. So here again is another installment on Thinking on Water with James. Welcome to Thinking on Water with James the segment where we don't give you the answers, we give you the topics and questions for you to think about, drop by drop. Now let's get to it. In this week's episode, we're thinking about water loss in a closed loop system. What is an acceptable water loss? Is it 10%, 5%, or even 0%? How does the volume of the system factor into what size water loss is acceptable? What is being lost beyond water in a leak? What can cause a closed loop to lose water? How do you know it's losing water? 
Are there times when a makeup water meter may miss a low flow makeup? What things may be introduced with fresh makeup water that could cause problems within the closed loop? What is the cost of the water loss? Do you know the value of the closed loop's water in dollars per thousand gallons, or even dollars per 100 gallons for smaller systems? Knowing the value may help get other parties on board to address the water loss, if necessary. Take this next week to think about water losses in closed loop systems and what you may or may not deem as acceptable. Be sure to follow hashtag TOW22 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O to share your thoughts on each week's thinking on water. I'm James McDonald, and I look forward to learning more from you. Well, James, thanks so much for that. And I hope you're not stuck in a rut. And it's very easy to do if you're doing the same things over and over again. My advice is change it up a little bit. Do things a little bit differently and you won't get bored. You might actually learn something. Speaking of learning something, I think you are going to learn a lot on today's show. We have a guest that we've heard from before. He's a returning guest. I know you are going to enjoy this interview, and there are going to be lots of things for you to take action on when we're done with this interview. My lab partner is returning guest Reed Hutchinson of HOH and many other things that we're going to talk about today. How are you, Reed? Doing great, Trace. Good to be with you again. It is good to be with you. I don't know if you know this. And audience, if you don't remember, Reed was a guest back on episodes 122 and 123. We had so much fun talking. We actually split it in two episodes. But that was voted by the listeners as one of the best of shows. And we just recently showcased a highlight from that this past year. So how cool is that? I'm shocked. I am shocked. <laughs> I don't know I could be shocked. It was an awesome show. And, uh, and you're back. We're going to talk about uh, what you're doing now. We're going to talk about some things that you're going to ask the audience to consider. So we've got a lot of things that we need to start talking about. So why don't we start there? What are you doing now? What's new with Reed of today from Reed of episode 123? Well, the world's changed in the last uh, two years since we last recorded. Um so on a personal side, uh, my wife and I bought our first house in the last two years. So that's new. And we live in a great little neighborhood here in the Chicagoland area. We have our first dog. I've been telling Caroline, I think it'll be our only dog. <laughs> we love him, but he's a, he's a lot of work. And, and we share the same name with dogs. Winston. Yep. Yep. We joke that his full name is Winston Leonard Spencer Churchill Hutchison. Wow. Uh, so he's, yeah, he's, he's named after the prime minister of United Kingdoms. So that's Winston. He's, he's been a bit nice addition. And uh, yeah, and we've had a lot of fun growth and transformation here at HOH as well, and have loved uh, being a part of the Rising Tide Mastermind. So a lot of good things these last two years. You brought this to me about a year ago. And you said, this is something that your company's been doing. This is something that you were very passionate about. And you wanted to get more people involved. And you and I worked together a little bit last year to try to get some more people involved. And we're going to try to educate a lot of people right now so we can get a bunch more people involved. What are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about the World Vision 6K for Water. And yeah, as you said, last year, we expanded the event to 
include more people from the rising tide. Yeah, basically, it's a an event that raises awareness and actually uh, raises money for clean water efforts in the world and specifically goes to serve people who don't have access to safe drinking water. And there's lots of organizations that do the work of helping areas that are challenged with access to clean water. And World Vision is one of the, the biggest ones. And we've had a partnership with them the last five or six years. I've had a relationship with them you know, for almost 10 years now. And uh, they do a lot of different things in the world. But this event, the 6K event, is such an accessible way to educate people about the challenge of clean water in certain areas of the world and gives people a really simple opportunity to move their feet and invite others, raise awareness and raise money to help bring an end to what's known as the global water crisis. And we've become really passionate about it uh, as an organization as well. And we think we've stumbled upon a really great way to involve and invite more and more people. I remember when you were telling me about it, I remember thinking, well, I've heard of a 5K. Why is it a 6K? Yeah, and that's the, the power of the event. So the, the, it's called the 6K for water because you run or walk 6K. And that is the average distance that folks who are not able to access clean water typically walk on a daily basis to access water. So in, in many communities, some of which I've visited personally in Uganda, the children in the community may not be going to school. Instead, they are walking six kilometers to whatever water source they do have. A lot of times it's actually not even clean water and it causes other issues with infections. And they take a jerry can or some container and they walk back with it. And that's how they're spending their day. And so the 6K event helps people understand that challenge and creates an opportunity to, you know, walk a mile. Actually, is more like walk three and a half miles in somebody else's shoes for a day. And it's amazing how powerful that experience has turned out to be. You'd think, well, you know, I'm just walking 6K, you know, like what's what's the big deal? Every person that I've invited into this, I've I've heard so many powerful experiences, regardless of where they're doing it, that they feel some sense of connection with the folks that are challenged with access to clean water. And so kind of like the communication workshop, it's, it's been an event that it started small for us. World Vision has tens of thousands of people that do it, but we started with inviting, you know, employees from our company. And I've just seen a lot of people respond super powerfully to it and how it's impacted them. And so we're just hoping that more people give it a try and get to experience just how powerful it is to give your time and your energy and for some people, they want to give money, but that's not our primary aim. Our biggest goal is to involve people and try and invite them just to participate. The community that we had around this last year was just amazing. Of course, many people did it within the Rising Tide Mastermind. We all hashtagged each other and shared pictures. There were people that were carrying jerry cans along the way to demonstrate what was going on. My wife and I, not that we're runners, but we had the worst times ever on this 6K because last year, I don't know if they're this color every year, but we had Dayglow orange shirts. Uh, and then we were wearing a picture of the child that we were representing. Almost everybody in the park where we were walking stopped us and they want to know, what are you doing? And then we were sharing the message. So I don't know, it took us like a half a day to do that 6K because we were just talking with everybody. It was such a great experience. Yeah. And you're, what you're describing is one of the cool things about this particular event is it's conducted in person in some places, 
but it's it's decentralized. So so what I mean there is really people can do the race virtually from wherever they're at. A lot of people get together and there's many organizations that'll sponsor a host site. And that's what we've done at HOH. Well, we got about 100 people here in our Palatine, Illinois location. And, you know, we work in an industrial park, so it's not a great route, but we got 100 people together here. But what was really powerful about last year was there was over 250 people that did it virtually in other locations. And like you described, even though people were doing it on their own with a friend or family member, they were able to take a picture, hashtag, share their experience and get to be a part of a big community, a global community of people that are moving their feet for clean water so other people in the world don't have to. And the exciting vision that we have, and it's shared by many water organizations like World Vision or Pure Water for the World, if you're familiar with them as well, is by 2030, the estimates on resources being provided to the global water crisis, it's possible that by 2030, there will no longer be folks that are challenged to have access to clean water. And the idea that we might one day read in the newspaper or more likely just on our phones that the global water crisis has been solved or ended and to feel like, hey, we had a part in that, that's a life-changing event. And it may be an idealistic dream, but we believe it's possible. And the only way to really reach that is to mobilize you know, more people to engage in the effort. And beneath that, we can solve this problem and not only help uh, millions of people, it begs the question, you know, what else can we solve? And so uh, there's lots of challenges in the world and, and many organizations that are doing good. But for those of us in the water industry, I think this is a great cause to get involved with because it's personal to what we do. And it's an area where each person can truly make an impact. How can the Scaling Up Nation get involved? So this year, we're really excited to be inviting people to join the 6K like we did last year. And so for those of you that are listening here that maybe are business owners or lead an organization, we're really excited to announce that there's a way with World Vision, like we have at HOH, for business owners or company leaders to sponsor the participation of your employees and their friends and family members. So what that means is you would create a team, you would donate a certain amount. It's about $50 per person to register. And with your donation to your team for their registrations, your employees and their family members, whoever else you want to invite to participate would then get to register for free. And they'll be equipped with a t-shirt, a medal, a bib, a child on it. And what we're hoping to accomplish is inviting a thousand people to not only be a part of, let's say, a team with HOH, but for other companies and organizations to create their own teams and to foster a bit of collaboration. Maybe even for some companies, there might be some competition to see, you know, how many people can we recruit? How many dollars can we raise? How many lives can we impact? And to, yeah, unleash the water treatment industry and the rising tide nation on this challenge of the global water crisis. So, if you're a business owner listening, uh, my invitation to you is to reach out to me. My contact info is going to be in the notes here. And I would love to walk you through how you can involve your organization in a greater way to sponsor participation. And for those of you that are listening that maybe don't own a business and, and won't sponsor other people, I just want to invite you to do the 6K. Do it yourself individually. Do it with your family and friends. Do it with others in your company. And so there's a link in this podcast as well. It's at worldvision6k.org. And you can simply sign up as a participant there. And we would love to know that you did this. And so 
If you participate, I would love for you to send me a note. And our ultimate goal this year is to see 10 organizations sponsor the participation of people on their team and to see over a thousand people join in the race this year. I think that's awesome. Thank you for taking up the charge with that. I had so much fun last year and talking with people that did it and the camaraderie that they built with other team members. It's just it's just such a good way to do something good. You feel good about doing it and you're experiencing being with people on another level that you're working with on a day-to-day or maybe even some family members. There's just so many reasons to, to do it. And Reed, we're going to make sure that we can try to get this information out to everybody. We're going to start posting things on our social media so people can be aware of it. We're going to figure out how can Scaling Up H2O push this message out because it's a great cause, it makes you feel good, and it improves your relationships. Yeah, it really does. And for those uh, folks that are just, yeah, looking for a greater challenge, I'll give a shout out to Brian Katarski. He was one of the guys that actually filled up, uh, I think, five gallon jug of water. And so he did the whole 6K carrying that jug of water. And it was awesome. He posted a picture of it. So it, there's a lot of room for, for you to be creative with your experience here. If you want to go for the fastest time, go for it. If you just want to walk with your family through the woods, do that. If you want to make it a jerry can challenge like Brian Katarski did, go for it. We're, we're hoping that people can be creative with how they engage and, and simply participate. And again, I'll just invite anybody who's a business owner and, and is able to make a larger donation or has influence in terms of maybe sponsoring other people would love to help you be one of those 10 companies uh, that sponsors broader involvement. We were able to see a 330 people do this last year. And you know, a lot of that was unintentional. We spread the word, but we didn't think we were going to hit that number. For many years, it's been lower than that. So I think there's the potential for so much more. And uh, again, picture a day in the year 2030 um, when this is one of the world's greatest challenges solved and you had a part in that. Um, I think that would be really special. I love it. So Nation, if you will, go to the show notes page. We'll have some more information for you about that. Things with the mastermind have definitely changed for you. You're very involved in the mastermind. What's going on with that? Well, I'm, uh, I'm having a great time uh, in the mastermind that I've been a part of, and so much so that I have invited other people from our team at HOH to, to get involved, including my brother-in-law, Andy. He's had a great experience. And then uh, I was afforded the opportunity by you, Trace, to try out facilitating uh, for a new professionals group. And uh, I'm having a blast with that. It's only been just a few months here, but I've built some great relationships already. And I'm enjoying making a, a lasting impact through, you know, playing the role of facilitator. It's just been an extremely rewarding time. And listeners, if you have not gone to the Scaling Up H2O website and figured out that we're talking about the Rising Tide Mastermind, that's the full name of the mastermind, uh, a little better than three years we've been doing that. Reed was one of the first people that I called when I had the idea. And I think I was about halfway through telling him about what it was. And he was like, just stop, sign me up. I'm, I'm, I'm in, sign me up. And it, it's just been great ever since. I can tell you as a facilitator, I get so much out of it. But then at also being just a member of it, I don't know. I'm sure I would have been successful on the other end of COVID. What am I saying the other end? We're still going through it. But when we first started having the stay-at-home orders, 
Nobody knew what to do, but we had each other to talk to and figure out what was working, what wouldn't work. Is this idea that I have totally off base? And at the time, the 10 of us just got together and we figured out how do we make each other stronger and we can all do a little bit of the lifting. Yeah, Trace, I I mean, I I can say a lot of great things about the mastermind, but your anecdote about me being in from the start, I've gotten value every week I've been a part of it and continue to see increasing value. And there's been a, a, just a palpable sense of community that's formed from it, that's growing and expanding. And so I'm excited just to be sharing more about that and inviting other people to experience it. Reed, one of the things that I was so excited about was when you started facilitating a new group, of course, I love doing it, but there's only so much bandwidth somebody has. But in addition to a bandwidth issue, you and I now get to collaborate on how we can be better facilitators and how can we grow the mastermind so it's the best it can be and not just what's in my head. And I can't tell you how exciting that is that you and I get to collaborate over that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was honored that you asked and, and humbled. I. I feel particularly uh, honored by the the people that are in the group. We call ourselves the Kraken Group. It's a nautical theme name, and yeah, the the fact that they allow me to create space amongst that group of individuals to yeah share visions for our lives and speak into issues that we're having and share resources. It is really just an honor to get to to play the role of facilitator, and it's a new kind of job, and it's an hour a week for me, but I had quite a bit of nerves jumping into it just because it it's new and uh, every week is a little bit different. So to have a little bit of camaraderie with you as we learn how to, to improve the role and the craft of facilitating, it's, yeah, it's much better to have somebody there and, you know, Lord willing, we'll see more and more groups form and, and potentially have other facilitators. And that's so exciting to me because just imagine when we have all these different minds coming together and we're all trying to figure out how do we make this better? How do we get each other better as we're growing the Rising Tide Mastermind? That just excites me more than anything. Yeah, you'll hear, you know, in technology, people talk about, you know, a network effect and it's how certain technologies just grow rapidly. And I think there's a a network effect that takes place with a mastermind uh, like you've created with the rising tide, especially in the water industry. So there's this potential for more groups that add increasing value to the existing groups. And so there's really no reason to not want to see it grow. It's a benefit to the people already involved and, and it impacts even more lives. So really excited about the future of the rising tide. Reed, I'm sure there are some listeners out there in the Scaling Up Nation that don't know what we're doing here in the Rising Tide Mastermind. So can you help explain what a typical call is like? And then you being in it for over three years, why do you continue to come back? Yeah, so a typical call looks like uh, the group getting together. It's about 60 minutes that we've we've budgeted. And we always start off with a positive focus, sharing personal and professional wins, and maybe some other highlight for something that's happening during that particular season. And we take a few minutes just to get our minds out of our daily work, whether you're professional or a business owner, it takes a few minutes to adjust from the typical day-to-day work. And and so we, we get above whatever it is we're doing and we connect with each other. And then we share news and information about what's happening in the industry. Every week is almost like a digest of any current events that are relevant to 
professionals in our field. And we move on to then taking inventory of uh, different to-dos and accountabilities that people have made commitments to from previous weeks. And that may not sound really exciting for some people, but it makes sense when you string, you know, multiple weeks together in the mastermind. One of the, the core things we do is in the middle. And in the middle is an exercise where somebody within the group brings a particular issue or challenge or opportunity, and we crowdsource advice. And we also kind of crowdsource questions from the rest of the group to help the person in the middle uh, get to a deeper level of understanding for whatever challenge or opportunity it is they're facing. And um, what usually comes out of that is a decision to move the ball forward in whatever it is that person's working through. And that's where a lot of our to-dos and accountabilities flow from. And there's a, a sort of traction that builds week in and week out as people share. And we challenge one another to actually you know, change things that are going on. So we always take inventory of that each week and uh, helps us move forward and move towards uh, our ever-evolving three-year visions that we have. Some particular weeks, depending on the season, uh, we're either doing an in-the-middle for about 30 to 40 minutes, or we also do book discussions. So throughout the year, we may read between two to three or four books even, and we take time to facilitate discussion around certain chapters there. So the weeks can look a little bit different uh, week in, week out, but there's kind of a general agenda. I like to describe it like a sandwich. You know, there's there's two pieces of bread and then there's some sort of thing in the middle and, and it's either an in the middle discussion or a book discussion or something like that. So yeah, it's really powerful. And we, one of my favorite three days of all time is when we get together with all the mastermind members and we do our live event. So we weren't able to do the live event the very first year that we all joined because of COVID, but we were able to do it last year. We're going to do it this year. What do we do during the live event? So what we experienced last year at the live event was about a day and a half, and we got together with, I think, about 30, 40, 50, maybe even people that were together from all different groups. And we had a blast getting to know one another in person. We had some team games where we were competing against different groups, and we also had some keynote speakers that came in to provide insight from their organization. Uh, this past year, we actually had an executive from the Chick-fil-A organization who spoke to us and the entire room peppered him with questions and learned a ton about how Chick-fil-A does business. And it was incredibly insightful and exciting. And I'm sure it'll look different each year, but what you have the opportunity to do with the other people, it really catalyzes the weekly virtual meetings uh, that we have um, and gives people a chance to really get to know professionals in the industry across you know, the whole country. Yeah, it was a fantastic day and a half. I was on, of course, the entire day and a half. And I think I went home and I slept for an entire day afterwards. <laughs> but we're going to do it again this year. We're looking forward to it. Nation, as you can tell, Reed and I are 100% bought into the mastermind. Reed knows firsthand what a mastermind can do for his personal success. Of course, I've been in a mastermind for well over 10 years. I would not be where I am today and I wouldn't have made the decisions as well as I did had I not had the buy-in of the people that are in the mastermind that I'm a member of. So I'm not saying that the Rising Tide Mastermind is right for you, but I am saying 
it's a lot easier to do life when you have people that you can use as a personal board of directors. So if you've never considered it or if you don't know what a mastermind is, you can start by going to the Scaling Up H2O website and then click over to the Rising Tide Mastermind and read about it and then see if that's right for you or if another group is right for you. But the first step is just to find out what it is. And speaking of the mastermind read, the last book that we read was more of a workbook. I introduced it at the live event, and then we spent a lot of time in it. It's something that I've mentioned on the show several times. In fact, the shows were episodes 117 and 179. That was the book, I Said This, You Heard That, by Kathleen Edelman. And I was thinking back, I want to say it was about five years ago that that material was introduced to me. I wasn't looking for it, but I definitely knew there was something wrong with my relationships and it was all about me. And people were not understanding me or they were taking me wrong or they were thinking that I was being very blunt and critical when I didn't have any of that in my mind. It was just how I came across. And when I learned the material and I said this, you heard that, I was able to work on me because I understood myself better. And then I was able to help people with the words they need to hear based on their temperament. So I'm talking about temperament. You and I are going to talk about the fact that we did that in the mastermind. You really had a positive experience with that. So um, I'll sum up, I said this, you heard that in the outro, if anybody doesn't uh, remember what that is. But for now, I want to ask you, what was your experience and what are you now doing with the I said this, you heard that temperament study? Yeah, so my first experience with it was within the mastermind group. Uh, We went through the workbook over a series of weeks and there were some uh, videos that went along with it. I think we actually took the assessment initially, even at the live event. That was one of the things we did together. And immediately what I got was sort of feedback from the assessment around what my primary way of communicating is. And they break it down into simple four colors, red, blue, yellow, and green. And so I learned that my primary communication style is in red. And uh, at the live event, we went through it as a whole mastermind group. We learned how everyone communicates. And what it did is it instantly made everyone more aware and alert to what they were saying and why and how other people were receiving what they were saying. And uh, it immediately kind of cleared up uh, what you're kind of describing, Trace, where some people maybe get the wrong idea from a conversation unintentionally. And it almost created permission amongst the group to say, hey, what did you really mean there? Or hey, you're speaking in a red temperament. You sound kind of intense. Are you mad about something? And it gave you a chance to maybe just clarify, no, I'm not mad. I just, you know, we're playing a game here. I want to win. So I'm kind of intense about it. And and it immediately de-escalates a certain amount of tension that can happen sometimes when you're working with people because you understand that, you know, what people are trying to say isn't always how other people are hearing it, just like the, the title of the workbook. So it was immediately practical and helpful. And it caused me to want to, you know, figure out where else can I potentially use this to uh, improve my communication and my relationships, you know, at work and at home. And you, of course, are doing that. Uh, In fact, you have taught that study numerous times. Can you tell the nation a little bit about that? Yeah, I I think, I think teaching it feels like, you know, an overstatement because I don't, you know, I feel like I'm just a student practitioner of it. 
But what's what's really nice about this particular you know workbook that I said this, you heard that is, I think you pay maybe fifteen bucks for the workbook, and they made all of their video content free, and they created a self guided learning experience. So I bought another book for my wife uh, Caroline, and she did the assessment. We found out we had opposite colors. She speaks in a green temperament, and I tend to speak in a red. And immediately we realized why we get into fights and it created permission for her to kind of tell me, Hey, are you, are you mad about something or what's going on here? And it, it helped me maybe tailor my communication to her and things that we might get upset about or fight about all of a sudden kind of became less important because we realized what we might've been feeling about the communication wasn't actually intended. And so we just have improved just how we relate to each other so much so that we have some really good friends that live across the street from us in our neighborhood. And so we invited them to go through the workbook study together. And so for the last couple of weeks, pick out one of the chapters, we watch the videos, we have something to drink and we go through the guided discussions. And we came to find out that all four of us have different colors. And we had a lot of good laughs about, you know, the funny things that we do as they relate to our temperaments. But we also had some really emotional and tender moments as well, sharing about our experiences as friends, but also our experiences in our respective marriages and how our friends relate and, you know, where they're really strong and also where they sometimes get into trouble. Same with us. And it, again, gave permission to just talk about how we talk with each other and uh, all with the focus towards, you know, trying to love and encourage and build each other up instead of unintentionally saying things that can feel hurtful. I definitely agree with you when you say Teach is probably not the right word. Uh, lead or uh, facilitate, maybe. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to do that numerous times. And I think it was Stephen Covey that recommended on the first book that I've read that I remember seeing that was when you teach something, you master the material a lot better. But this material, I don't think you ever master. I think you always are practicing it. And the the day you aren't a student of it is probably the day you're you're not using it. What do you think? A hundred percent. We we've used it at home, and it's like I shared. It, it's immediately kind of turned the lights on, you know, uh, for for me and Caroline in some areas. But my brother in law Andy is part of the mastermind as well. So is a, a member of our team, Darius and and Tammy as well. So all four of us at different stages went through this, and we realized you know, everyone on our leadership team should know what their color is and should be aware of of the colors of others on the team. And then we had an opportunity actually just in December to expose almost our whole team with the concept as well. And Trace, you came out to help facilitate or teach the temperaments to our team. And it was amazing to see the lights come on for, for not only employees who you know, with their coworkers, we're figuring out maybe why they communicated a certain way. But we also had many people who invited their spouses to join us for our Christmas party. And so the depth of conversation that we started having at dinner was just unlike any other conversation we probably would have typically had had we not exposed people to the ideas because they were simple, but powerful and everyone could relate to it. And so the more people I share the temperaments with and the I said this, you heard that curriculum, the more I see the power of it. So I want to continue to make an impact and help people. So wherever I see it, uh, I want to share it, including here with you on this podcast. And I appreciate that. 
The funniest thing that I think happened over the time that we were talking about, I said this, you heard that with your team, was the second day after everybody had gone through the exercise and Andy was talking about the agenda. And I think you just had it listed down as communication skills. And he asked for a raise of hands. Who was excited about that? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess you were keeping people in suspense. It's true. And I think, you know, for those that are listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to take another personality assessment. That was actually my first impression of it, Trace. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but I've done lots of personality assessments. And so I thought, gosh, this is one more. But as I was exposed to it, I couldn't help but be drawn into it. And as I then went about my daily life, it just was applicable every step I took. So once I was exposed to it, every interaction I had was kind of revealing that these temperaments are are influencing how I'm communicating and how others are. And so I wouldn't compare it and say it's the best personality assessment because there's lots of good assessments out there. But what I love about it is it, it moves beyond trying to understand yourself and it is very practically oriented towards how do we help others and how do we speak in a language that's helpful to them, which gets out of the trying to you know understand your deepest feelings and, and more is just, hey, how do we just improve the way we talk with each other? And that practical element of it, uh, I think, is going to be really attractive to even somebody who might immediately kind of dismiss it as just another assessment. When I first found this, I had gone to a meeting and they were talking about this. And I think I felt like everybody who read your agenda with communication skills, uh, you know what? I know DISC. I don't need another one. And I knew DISC pretty well. We've been using DISC here as a company. I understood it. And it was something that I didn't need to clog my mind with relearning. And I immediately kind of tuned it out. But I was listening. I gave it, a, I guess, a little bit of a, a fair shot, but I was thinking I'm not going to do anything with this. But as Kathleen was talking to this group, it said exactly what you just mentioned. You start realizing how you come across to others, what you need to get so you have enough to give others what they need, and it teaches you what others need. And that's something that I've never learned in any of the personality assessments. And the thing about, I said this, you heard that, that I love the most, it's the easiest of all of them. It is just so easy to figure out, okay, I'm not working out of my strengths. I'm working out of my weaknesses. I need to change that because the words I'm getting ready to use are not going to be a gift to give that other person. And now I can listen to the other person's language and figure out what temperament they are and use the right language so they can hear what I'm trying to tell them. Yeah. And I think I've had a number of experiences where at work, if I was operating my weakness in a, in a meeting. So uh, one experience I'll kind of draw on was a level 10 meeting where I was particularly frustrated about how we were discussing a, an issue. I, I was kind of mad at our team and I started operating out of my weakness. So for a red, uh, you usually manipulate with tone and volume. So my volume went up and my tone became a little bit sharper and uh, I could feel it from the team. And because we had the language of the temperaments, we were able to check in as a team and say, okay, what's going on here? I was able to notice I'm getting louder. I must be really uh, upset or I, I might not be getting a certain need met. And others in the room were recognizing, okay, Reed's kind of got a tone here. 
what's going on with him? And it, it created a safer place for me to, to pause and step back and say, okay, here's what's going on and why I'm maybe reacting this way. But the real issue here, the deeper need is this. And, and that automatically kind of changes everyone from being on a combative across the table to now we're on the same side of the table looking at an issue and breaking down communication barriers. And so the, the common language and the permission to say, hey, we're not always in our strengths and sometimes it comes out wrong. It's really powerful to be able to say, hey, I'm sorry, that wasn't what I intended. And for others to instantly know, because as soon as you get familiar with the temperaments and how they may play out in your communication, everyone has extra grace or empathy towards one another. And I think it, it forms stronger bonds within the team. I couldn't agree with that more. Grace, absolutely. It's automatic. Where I think without this, it's almost forced and maybe even sometimes phony. I want to extend it to this person, but I don't know how. When you understand where the person's coming from and how they're wired, it is instant. It's automatic. And that is what makes it the game changer, I think. Yeah. And I'll I'll give you two other brief examples that may be interesting to to people who are wondering whether they should put any time and energy uh, towards this resource. As a manager, we have had some obviously challenging people decisions. Every manager deals with people. And we've actually used the temperaments to say, hey, we have to have a hard conversation. What temperament is this particular individual? And we've done role-playing before where we said, hey, who else is this color? Who else is a blue? How do they like to be communicated with? Do we think that we could maybe role play through this conversation with somebody else who has a similar temperament and avoid certain missteps that will confuse the message or might actually be harmful. And so because there's only four colors, you know, you, you probably know somebody who fits any one of those and it allows you to maybe get advice for a tough situation or relationship where you, you need some guidance and everyone's unique, but it is astounding just how kind of similar some of the preferences around communication are with the temperament. And so if you're a manager, uh, this is an incredibly powerful tool. I've seen it firsthand. And then also in conversations with people, it creates permission to ask them, hey, I, I know you generally like to be communicated with this way. So if somebody's a blue, hey, you like a lot of details. Would it be helpful if we didn't talk this through and instead I put my thoughts down on paper and gave you time to read it? And just that question changes the entire tone of what you're trying to accomplish, especially when you're dealing with, you know, contentious, you know, issues. And so hopefully those two examples give you a flavor for how this can maybe apply to you, you know, regardless of your role. It's been really impactful to us. And I believe so much so that I want to share it uh, with as many people as possible. We're even using it in the Rising Tide Mastermind. Of course, that's where you were originally exposed to it. But I've noticed in all the different groups, now that we know each other's colors, people will use different words that they would normally use because they know that person is a different temperament. And I've also noticed that the people receiving the feedback at the very end are taking that in a lot better, a lot deeper. They're, they're not feeling attacked. I don't think anybody ever really feels attacked, but there's, there's no reason to now because now they're getting the words that they need and the information. Yeah, there's uh, for, for any parents out there, Caroline and I don't have kids yet, but I, my sister and, and brother-in-law, uh, they've gone ahead and gotten the, I said this, you heard that book for kids. And 
you might not be able to get your four-year-old to take an assessment, you know, that you probably want to save that for an adult, but it is astounding the, the ways that identify maybe how your kids are wired. And some of the folks on our team who went through the workshop at our, at our Christmas party, that was where they immediately started thinking was, wow, you know, I connect so well with this kid and that kid because it's easy. But my other child, for some reason, we just aren't on the same page. And how do you talk about communication with your kids? You know, when they're young, you can't really do that. But as a parent to have almost like a cheat sheet for identifying the wiring of of your kid and and realizing they're all going to be different and tailoring your parenting style to what that child needs. I mean, it, it literally could change, you know, that child's life and upbringing and protect the relationship, you know, for years to come. So for any parents out there, that's a resource worth looking into as well. Yeah, it's a great book. It just recently came out and it works for kids, but it works for adults too. It's got so much information in there. One of the things that I get the privilege of doing is leading middle school students at my church. And I use temperaments all the time when I'm talking to these boys. And I had a parent come up to me and say, you know, you just have a way of talking to my son that I just can't do. Can you help me? Is it just because I'm his parent? Or is there any secret? And I said, well, I don't know if there's any secret, but I, I do know about temperaments. And I shared this with her. She went home and her and her husband did it. She came back to me in tears thinking, oh my gosh, this is a game changer. I can't believe we've wasted 12 years not knowing this. And she was really upset with herself that she didn't know about this information. I don't know how long Kathleen's had this information out, but... The fact is, the what's the Chinese proverb? The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Never too late. It's never too late. And she has just found a way to communicate with her son. Now, she still has issues. It's a 12-year-old. Come on. But she's able to communicate at a level, and there's a lot less tension in that relationship. It's just amazing to watch that. Yeah, we were together with uh, with my siblings over the holidays celebrating my, my parents actually moving to Atlanta for a little bit. And so my brother, one of my brothers was there. I'm the youngest of five. And we were talking about our childhoods. And because we found the the workbook to be so helpful, we actually got copies for all of my siblings and my parents took it. And so did all my brothers and sisters. I was talking with my brother about just how we grew up. And, you know, we had plenty of fights and tension growing up. And we identified that, hey, I, I'm a red primarily. And and so growing up, you know, when my brother and I wouldn't get along, we were actually able to kind of open that book about kids wirings and tracing kind of what a red might be experiencing at a certain age. And uh, it helped us almost, like you said, go back to an experience that we can't change. It's already happened, but we can now understand it. And it, it immediately bonded us in a way that was so refreshing and a deeper level of understanding between me and my brother. And so Yeah, for anyone that's got any kind of relationship challenge in any way, which we all do, I think this is a powerful resource. Reed, there are a dozen other topics that we can talk about. So I'm going to have to bring you back so we can talk about some of those. But as always, we have some lightning round questions. And you've already answered my first batch of lightning round questions. So I've got some brand new ones for you today. Are you buckled up? Are you ready? Uh, I am not ready for these, but I'm going to do my best. All right, here we go. So what is your superpower? Uh, my superpower? Well, 
I'm not a superhero, but if you mean like uh, maybe a special talent, something that uh, I've been gifted with, I don't know, a few, a few unique things come to mind. Maybe the, a fun one would be that I am an incredibly good whistler. So I can carry a tune pretty well. And I don't play any instruments that well. I, I do play the trumpet or piano, but not actively. But whistle, I can do, you know, in my sleep. And uh, I don't think it'll carry well through this podcast, but uh, I think some people would consider it a superpower of mine. I had no idea. If somebody were to ask me what Reed's superpower was, I would say that you have the ability to take information and break it down very simply and normally in some sort of illustration. You are fantastic at that. Well, thank you for that. So I I guess I have two superpowers, whistling and uh, breaking things down, maybe drawing pictures. Absolutely. Lots of things going on in the world. If you had a magic wand, what's the one thing that you would change? Well, I don't want to be a broken record about the global water crisis, but uh, I would I would love to change that. And yeah, we don't have a magic wand, but you know, if at a minimum we could at least make sure that people have access to clean water, I think that'd be a pretty pretty solid start in terms of positive changes. So, you know, I'll I'll pretend I have a magic wand right now and I'll wave that and hopefully what that's doing is influencing everybody listening to this to check out worldvision6k.org and, and join the, the event. Reed, who would you say has been the most influential in your life? I've had a lot of really powerful influences in my life. So this, you know, it's a tough question to have the most, but, you know, right now, top, top of mind in terms of influences would be my dad. And right now he's on his way down to Atlanta and he is relocating down there temporarily. He's not not moving permanently, but he's moving down there with uh, my mom and one of my nephews. And they're going down there to go to a school for Zeke, um, my nephew, and it's going to help Zeke learn and grow developmentally. And I'm just really proud of who he is. And he's the reason I'm in this business. And I've always aspired to be like my dad. He's always challenged me to be better than he was. And he's a pretty stellar individual and uh, with a lot of life left to live. And so not many days go by that I'm not thinking about how to be better. And, uh, you know, it's because of my dad. I'm also wired the way I am because of him. And so for those of you that know my dad, there's just a lot about how I operate that, that come from him. Well, your dad is now in my city, so we're neighbors. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, go have dinner with him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll love that. He's he's uh, one of his goals for the years to yeah make make a lot of new friends and establish a new community. So, so yeah, if you're in Atlanta and want to get to know Tom Hutchison, he'll be down there. If you're listening to this in the year 2022, he'll be down there. Can't promise he'll be down there later on. So, <laughs> all right, my last question. Because we know that the world wants it. So when they finally erect a statue of Reed Hutchinson, what does the inscription say? Yeah, this one, uh, this one makes me really uncomfortable. So I, I don't know. I guess if an inscription is supposed to, you know, I don't know, say something about me and my life and, and whatnot, I guess something short and sweet like uh, maybe a life well lived. You know, something short and sweet like that, I would take. I don't need any kind of fancy achievements, but if my life could be one that was, you know, seen as well lived and and inspire other people, I think that'd be enough for me. And these questions are just to get you thinking and the whole nation to get to know Reed a little bit better. I think we've done that. I think we've given the Scaling Up Nation lots of things to think about. 
We've given them several calls to action today. So hopefully they do all three. My hope is they do at least one. And Reed, I want to thank you for coming once again on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. You're welcome, Trace. Thanks again for the opportunity to share, uh, share my experience and yeah, get to know more people in the nation. Scaling Up Nation, I have been a fan of Reed's since I first met him several years ago. He found this podcast. He was one of the first listeners when this podcast came out. And one of the pieces of advice that I gave on an earlier podcast was to come to the Association of Water Technologies Technical Training Seminars. And I said, don't just go to one. If you can go to the fundamentals and applications, one on the West Coast, and then again on the East Coast, you come to water treatment training, you're going to get a tremendous amount out of it. Well, he actually listened to me, and he was at both. And when we were at the technical training on the water treatment side, when we were over in Cleveland, I believe it was, maybe it was Baltimore. We actually shared dinner together and just struck a tremendous friendship. As I said, Reed was one of the first people to join the Rising Tide Mastermind, and I am just so incredibly humbled and happy that he is the first facilitator that is not myself. And it's just amazing how much the Rising Tide Mastermind is growing. It has not become what it is today because of me. Of course, I started it, but we have so many people within the Rising Tide Mastermind. We're well over 50 members, and all of those members are making sure that we are making it better collectively. We're helping each other get better at life. We're getting to our goals. We're getting further than our goals, faster than we would have because we have the support and accountability of each other. So if you want to learn more about the Rising Tide Mastermind, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind. Also, we talked about I said this, you heard that. Nation, I cannot tell you how much this has helped me. You know I'm a fan of the seven habits of highly effective people. Habit five is seek first to understand before you're understood. Well, that's a great thing to say, but how the heck do you do it? This is the key to it. You understand yourself better. You understand how you're wired and you're able to give yourself what you need, or at the very least, make a conscious choice that you're not getting what you need out of this conversation right now, but you're going to choose to work from your strengths and not from your weaknesses. And when you can do that, you can now fully understand someone else. And when they truly feel that you understand what they are trying to say, the situation just relieves itself. They are able to breathe because you heard them and they understand that you understand them. This is the key to doing that. I'm sure there's other ways of doing this, but in all the years that I've known about Seven Habits, I have not found a tool that works as good as this. It is a tool that will help every relationship in your life. And I just hope that you look into it. 
If you go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash temperament, it will take you straight to our affiliate link to Amazon for you to order this book. Now, I'll put the affiliate link up there, not because Amazon pays me a huge commission. Trust me, they do not. They do pay me a little bit of commission for taking you to order a book on their site, and it doesn't cost you anything else that's directly from Amazon's feed. But I want to make it as easy as possible for you to get this material. You can use it with your customers. You can use it with your family. You can use it with your team members. Every single person that you speak with, this is a tool that you can use and it will change how you communicate. It will change how you think about yourself. It will make you understand yourself better so you can be better when you're with other people. If you have not listened to the two episodes I did with the author, Kathleen Edelman, I have two episodes, episode 117 and 179. Kathleen comes on and shares with the Scaling Up Nation exactly what this study is. And then she came back about a year later and she gave us a 2.0 version. Now that we understand the material, how do we actually start using the material? So please listen to those episodes. Get a copy of this workbook so you can go through it, but maybe get a few copies. It is so foundational when you do this with your loved ones or your team. You're all learning together. You're all giving each other a little bit extra latitude as you're learning these tools. So it's very important in the relationship building, if you can do it with somebody else, go ahead and take advantage of that. However, if you cannot you need this information, do it on your own. And as Reed said, you purchase the book and all of the resources are absolutely free. In fact, you can search, I said this, you heard that right now on your favorite search engine and you will see there is an entire YouTube channel packed full of content to guide you through the workbook and also give you some extra tools for you to use this information. I hope you take my advice and Reed's advice because I'm telling you, it will be a game changer. And of course, we also talked about the Global 6K. We just had so much fun doing that. My wife and I ran slash walked it slash stopped and talked to people last year, had a great time. A bunch of people within the Rising Tide Mastermind participated. We all texted each other and we're sharing pictures and just having a great time with that. We're going to make sure that the Scaling Up Nation can talk with each other as they're doing the Global 6K. And trust me, anybody can do this. You can walk it. You can run it. You can do anything in between. And then we're going to get people to share pictures and you're going to see that you are part of the Scaling Up Nation and you are doing something to help the water crisis. Folks, we're in industrial water. What a great cause. And they do some great things. Reed was sharing a story with all of you, the Scaling Up Nation. And, and what he didn't share was the picture he shared with me. When they went down to the watering hole 
lake, whatever it was, to grab the water that was about three kilometers out, and then they had to walk three kilometers back. The picture of the water, you could see a sheen on top of the water. And you just knew, and this wasn't clear water at all, you just knew that this was not good drinking water, but it was all they had. And as he's filling up this can, he's thinking, you know, am I really doing the best thing? But what's the alternative? That's the only water source that they had until they got some improvements and water came into their city because of this cause. It changed everything. They now had to walk feet to get water instead of kilometers. And that meant that person that Reed was referring to didn't have to take a day off of school to go get water for his family. It was just a routine task because it wasn't far. And it was clean, good drinking water. An incredible cause please go to our website at scalinguph2o.com and you'll see the show notes page for today's show and you can click through to find some more information. As I said, we're gonna have a lot of fun with this this year and we're going to make sure our social media references the 6K and we're gonna give you a couple of reminders throughout the year about the 6K. So with that, I hope you've been inspired to do something with all the items that we talked about today. I know I do all of them and they have really inspired me. They've made things easier and they definitely make it so I don't get bored. Nation, I hope you have a great week and I'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. When the mastermind group was introduced, I said, let me get in on this thing. I want to be a part of this. I want to learn how to be more productive and uh, make my days to where I can enjoy my family time and separated from my work time. And so I like what Trace does. And so I said, I want to be, I want to do things a lot like Trace. So let me, let me figure out what he's doing. So that's why I joined the group. To find out more, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind.